I'm Ryan Krakowski. I'm James Waller. I'm Marissa Hoskins. And this is the Teaching It Real podcast. Social media. A gift and a curse. Or is it? I think we're going to find out today. Or maybe not. Uh, Today's topic is teens or students in general um, and their social media use. And uh, Marissa, you wanted to talk about this because recently um, for your master's course, um, you've been having a lot of open discussions about social media, how it impacts teens, how it impacts students, and uh, ways that we can help as teachers. So give us a little insight. uh, What kind of conversations are being had right now? Yeah, so I'm currently taking a course on digital citizenship and education. And so as James mentioned, we are talking a lot about social media. And some of the really interesting things that I've been finding out is that there's a disconnect between how adults often perceive teen social media use. Often, you know, they're perceived to be kind of lacking in awareness of privacy issues. Um, They're not communicating in the day-to-day life. These are some of the critiques surrounding um, social media use. But in actual fact, um, through my research, research, I'm seeing that teens are actually using social media as a new way to communicate, just like we've done in person in the past. But social media gives students unprecedented ways to help build their identities by building global connections and being able to find community with like-minded people that, you know, in the past when we were in high school, um, we were kind of our, our our communication with others was restricted to the cliques within our high school setting. And it wasn't often more often than not until adulthood that we really found our people, so to speak. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think you described really well some of the benefits uh, that this new social media age has afforded students, Uh, not just giving them a platform or a chance to have their voices heard. um, But, you know, people that have an entrepreneurial spirit or have an idea Um, they're actually able to go out and share it globally and get meaningful feedback on it. And in some cases, you know, start their career, their life's passion early as a result of people on social media embracing what can be great or brilliant ideas from from kids. Um, So that's the great side of it. And the other side of it, of course, um, you know, looking at it as a parent is the worry about if our students are being equipped well enough to post things that they may feel are private or they're expecting to be private, but in reality um, are available for any number of people, organizations, private organizations, government organizations, sometimes hackers, even their friends and family to get access to. Um, And they have an expectation that what they're doing online or on social media is meant to be private and is going to stay private. And that's not always realistic. What would you say to that? Yeah, so it's really interesting um, what you're talking about because I've recently heard of this concept called social stenography. And what that basically means is hiding messages within plain sight. So more often than not, teens are actually more aware of privacy issues than we think. And they're often using um, ways of encrypting or encoding their messages to prevent them from being realistically viewed from prying eyes. Like, for example, they might choose to use slang words that are not recognizable to ad- adults. Um, but the issue with this, as you said, is these even if students are engaging in these techniques to protect their privacy in a public forum, um, the danger with this is that because they are available to public eyes, they can get misconstrued. And there's this idea of context collapse. So having, when you're in a public forum, even if you are writing something that's 
private, so to speak, to your friends if they are viewed by, say, a potential recruiter or, like you said, someone, a dangerous predator, then they might be misconstrued in a different way and the student's meaning might be misconstrued and this can cause so many issues in terms of not only their safety, but even their branding and identity that they're projecting to the world online. So I think um, what you touched upon is you asked the question whether students have the skills to navigate these these worlds correctly. And I would say, you know, on one sense, on one sense, yes, they're trying, but I think that's really our role of educators is helping them learn how to navigate these context collapse and these social public spaces in safe and responsible ways. Yeah, so one of the ways I've been doing that is I've been working with students from uh, grade three to grade six, which are in age groups is uh, roughly eight to 11 years old, somewhere in there. Um, and I've been visiting their classes and I've been doing um, workshops on digital citizenship. And I get my cues from the ISTE standards, the International Society for Technology and Education. And one of the things that they recommend talking about is data collection. Um, you know, they feel it is important. It's actually one quarter of their digital citizenship plan that students know, even at a very young age, that their data, what they post, is being saved, is being viewed, is being shared, is being stored, um, and it can come back to haunt them. And you see this all the time, especially with, you know, with celebrities or um, recently it was James Gunn, who some of his old tweets, I think they were a decade old or something like that, came out and he was fired from directing the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And, um, you know, I, I, I haven't read enough about it to make a judgment on it. And it's just a reality that a lot of these cases of social media use and abuse are held in the court of public opinion. For better or for worse, that's where we are right now. And so the best thing that students can do is know that this kind of thing is happening, that what they say will be tied to them and will matter, and nothing is ever completely 100% private. What do you think about that? Yeah, I absolutely agree. But I also think so. My background's a little bit different from James is that I primar in that I primarily work with uh, secondary school students. So in my experience with the older kids, um, fear mongering and just raising awareness doesn't really work with them because, you know, we all remember what it was like to be a teenager and give those eye rolls and people are trying to teach us of the dangers of whatever it is we're dealing with, whether it be drugs, drinking, smoking. Um, I find instead, you know, opening up forums of communication with students regarding their social media use and really listening to them and hearing how they're using them. And the students more often than not want a voice and want to be heard. And I think by, you know, getting them on board with building your school technology policies. So having students involved if your class with your classroom rules of social media use. Also, um, I really believe in using social media in the classroom because students really enjoy that. So I worked with one of the teachers at the school and we had her students using um, social media, primarily Twitter, as a primary and secondary research tool. So we looked at constructing professional tweets. We looked at how you could differentiate between a reliable source on Twitter. So by helping students use social media in the classroom in positive ways that helps will then be reflected in their own personal use of technology or social media so to speak yeah and that and that's really um mostly what the ISTE standard of digital citizenship is about it's about 
cultivating and creating your own digital identity, really your digital legacy, your digital footprint, and making sure that you do have a creative, positive image where you're showing what you've learned, what you can do, what you're great at, what you've been able to create. Um, and that kind of thing will go a long way because as humans, inevitably, we're going to make mistakes and some of them are going to be online. Nobody is going to have a perfect digital identity. But you do want to start cultivating that digital identity so that the positive outweighs the negative. Um, and I think that some of those strategies you described are really helpful in that regard. So, um, yeah, again, for teachers, if you're, if you're interested in where to start getting your kids ready for this kind of world and uh, these kind of tools, uh, that's where I would look first is the ISTE standards for education, for digital citizenship, and specifically the four th strands that they recommend teaching on starting in even in kindergarten. Yeah, and we'd really like to hear from you. So what strategies are you using to teach your students about digital citizenship in the classroom? How are you helping them cultivate those positive online identities? Um, hit us up on Twitter at MrWaller15 for James or at Ms. Hoskins Tech for me, and we'll link the rest of our contact details below. That's right. And until next time, keep teaching it real.